the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The first six letters in Christmas are C-H-R-I-S-T. What's that spell? Christ, which should remind us that we celebrate Christmas for Christ's sake. Jesus, who gave us the greatest gift of all, salvation, which costs us nothing, but costs him everything. He is the reason for Christmas and every season. Many of us miss the real meaning of Christmas because we focus on giving gifts that last for a season rather than gifts of the spirit that last a lifetime and from generation to generation. Today, Pastor Rander compels us to remember that Christ is Christmas. Thank you for listening in today. Have your Bible close by and have pen and paper handy. When that veil was rent in twain, it gave us direct access to God. And you can go to God anytime, anywhere. You can go to God early in the morning. You can go to God at lunchtime. You can go to God just before you go to bed. You can wake up at midnight and go to God. You can go to God in your car. You can go to God in your shower. You can go to God in your closet while you're putting your clothes on. You can go to God while you waiting at the railroad track for the train to cross. You can go to God while you in that doctor's office and it's a little too long in there. You can go to God when you're at H-E-B and there's 30 baskets ahead of you. You can go to God anytime, anywhere and you, his number by way is 111 and you don't have to worry about your bill being cut off because it was paid in full at Calvary. Matthew 27, 50 through 51 says, And Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. Then, behold, the veil of the temple was rent, was torn in two from top to bottom, and the earth quaked and the rocks were split. Jesus can identify and sympathize with us because he himself became a man went through life trials, went through life's temptations, living a perfect sinless life while walking as a God man on earth, yet without sin, yet without sin. Why did Jesus come? He came to die. He came to die. Matthew 16, 21 says from that time, Jesus began to show to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised the third day. Jesus talked about his coming death. He came to die. Matter of fact, he was born to die because in heaven there's, there, was, there was no flesh and blood. And, uh, and so he had to become a God baby in order to die. In Luke chapter 18, verses 31 through 33, it says, Then he took the twelve aside and said to them, Behold, we are going up to Jerusalem, and all things that are written by the prophets concerning the Son of Man will be accomplished. For he will be delivered to the Gentiles, 
and will be mocked and insulted and spit upon. Now, you know, that's low down. Spitting on God. Can you imagine that? Spitting on God. They will scourge him and kill him. And the third day, (laughs) in spite of all that, he will rise again. (laughs) In other words, in other words, in other words, the ultimate reason why Jesus was born was to die. Without the sacrificial death of Christ, there would be no forgiveness of sin. Without the sacrificial death of Christ, there would be no payment for sins. And all humanity would still be under its penalty, sin's penalty. We would still be under sin's power and sin's judgment and condemnation. If it were not for uh, the substitutionary sacrificial death of the Lord Jesus Christ. Why did Jesus come? A couple of more and we'll be done. Jesus came to defeat and destroy the work of the devil. He came to defeat and destroy the work of the devil. Let me give you three passages that have profound significance. First uh, John 3, 8 says, he who sins is of the devil. For the devil has sinned from the beginning. For this purpose, the, the son of man was manifested that he might, what, destroy, underline that, destroy the works of the devil. That's why he came. Uh, Hebrews 2, 14 Inasmuch then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared in the same, that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death. That is the devil. He came to destroy that devil. Colossians 2.15, having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. In other words, my friends, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ made a public spectacle over Satan and his demonic cohorts who were disarmed at the cross. The death of Jesus Christ shamed Satan. The death and resurrection of Jesus Christ humiliated that devil and defeated him. Jesus made a public spectacle of them by triumphing over death, demon, and hell through the glorious resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's right. Nobody, no man could handle the devil. No man. Abraham couldn't handle him. Moses couldn't ha- handle him. Uh, uh, no, no man could handle him. Isaac couldn't handle him. Mark couldn't handle him. Peter couldn't handle him. Solomon, all of his wisdom, couldn't handle him. Nobody could handle him. So God has to dispatch his son. Son said, I can handle him. Let, let me go. I'm tired of him messing with your folk, God. It's time for us to put his lights out. And God dispatched his son in the fullness of time. Hey, born of a woman. God Almighty. And he came to earth. In the midst of tyranny and decadence and strife and immorality and wickedness, Jesus was born and subjected himself to his own creation. And he gave that devil a knockout punch on his own grounds. It's bad when you come to somebody else's house and whoop them. Yeah, that's right. It's bad when you can come to my house and they whoop me in my house. I'm going to get something and knock you out. (laughs) That's right. You ought, to, you ought not be waving your tail in your own house. Jesus Christ came and whooped the devil and gave him the knockout punch. Hey, on his own grounds. 
came from heaven a whipping. Number 10, why did Jesus come? He came to gain victory over death and the grave. 1 Corinthians 15, 57 says, Oh, death, where is your sting? <laughs> oh, Hades, where is your victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus was born to die and be raised in resurrection power, which defeated death and the grave. No human could defeat death. That's right. Now, Enoch and Elijah, they, they, they one walked with God, another went on a fiery chariot, but that was by God's own choosing. But apart from them, everybody lived and died. You say, what about those persons uh, Jesus raised from the dead, like Lazarus and Jairus' daughter and all that? Yeah, they live, but they died again. But I know a man who died, got up, and stayed up, and is forever up because he whooped the death he whooped the grave and he whooped the devil and he rose in victory because of the glorious resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. God Almighty. Finally, but not the least. Why did he come? He came to heal the brokenhearted. He came to heal the brokenhearted. Luke 4, 18. Everybody with a Bible, you got to turn to this one. Maybe I went too fast, you couldn't find the others. But you got to find this last one. Luke 4, 18. Final verse. It says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. That's right. That's what I'm called. I'm called to preach. I can't be everywhere all the time and be effective for God in the pulpit. I can't jump when everybody tells me to jump and then have something to say at this moment in time. You didn't get here this early for me to just give you some cookies. You came here to get some meat. And I'm not going to let you leave here hungry. You're going to be well-fed saints. That's right. As a matter of fact, I'm going to feed you up, fatten you up spiritually, and then you go out there and work it off and burn some calories spiritually. Amen. You do your workout out here. I feed you up in here and you work it off out there. He came to heal the brokenhearted. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me, empowered me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. The birth of Christ, as I conclude, is good news. That's right. It's good news. Say good news. You know what? Y'all so used to Christmas that y'all forgot that the birth of Christ is good news. It's good news and give hope to those who are brokenhearted. Somebody under my voice, you're brokenhearted. Some man, some woman, some child, have broken your heart immensely. Somebody's oppressed. Somebody under my voice, you are depressed. When you look back and reflect, you're scared to get along by yourself and sit down because you start thinking about all the bad stuff that happened to you and start calculating all of your losses. Instead of enjoying the birth of Christ, you end up spiraling into depression. 
And Satan wants you to live this season out in deep depression. In the name of Jesus, don't give the devil what he wants for you. Did you hear what I just said? Don't give the devil what he wants for you. Some of you, some of you, you're wounded. Jesus came to put salve on your wounds. I know you've been hurt. You've been hurt by words of your spouse, words of your child, perhaps somebody at the job, perhaps a relative or sibling, perhaps parents, who who knows? But Jesus came to heal your hurts. As a matter of fact, it says in Jeremiah, he will heal. He will heal. And God knows where you're hurting and he knows how to heal. Heal me, O Lord, it says in in Jeremiah. Heal me, O Lord, and I shall be healed. He also came for others of you who lack freedom. So many of you do not experience freedom in Christ because you're being held captive. And Jesus came to liberate you from captivity. Some of you are held captive by anger. If the truth be told, you were far too angry this year. Always on the edge. You may be angry about what's going on in the White House. Or you're angry at your parent. You're angry at your child. Some folk in here are angry at God. For allowing God to permit certain things to happen to you. And you know what? Satan wants you to stay angry because then you'll be of no kingdom use for God, for his church, or even your family. So he just said, Satan said, just stay in the angry mode. Others of you, you, you are held captive not only by anger, but by bitterness. And you keep bringing up persons' names that you should have let go a long time ago. And even when that name come up now, your stomach get to, it gets to churning. Why are you going to let them do this to you? Let me tell you something. Presidents come and presidents go. But God is still on the throne. He's <laughs> still, still on the throne. Some of you are held captive by your past. You've been forgiven. You know all that low down stuff we all have done. You say, I'm done, none low down. Stop lying. There's scripture says there's none righteous. In case you think it all, think it is, it says, no, not one. And some of you, your past, those skeletons keep coming out in your, even though you're forgiven, you just keep going back and revisiting and revisiting and reliving and reliving. To the point that you're not kingdom productive. Others of you, you fear. You fear the loss of your job. Or perhaps you've been laid off and you wonder how you're going to make it. How many of you lost a job before? Raise your hand. Come on. Raise your hand. Let me ask you a question. Did you keep eating? Huh? Did you keep eating? Did you keep living? Did you, did you get buck naked that you still had clothes on? Huh? Did you still get where you had to go? Huh? Did you still, I mean, even though you didn't have a job, did you still have a roof over your head? Did your water still come on? Or did you go, or even if you go with, live with somebody that had some water, thank God you had to go, somebody to go live with. <laughs> fear, fear heights, fear, fear the plane, fear the dark. Now, when you were young, you didn't fear the dark. 
10 o'clock at night, you just putting your shoes on. Now you get old and gray. It's dark outside. It's been dark at night. Where you been? It's been dark outside at night. Now you get 50 and 60. It's dark. You can't. You rush home. It's dark. We know it's dark. So what? He's, he's God in the dark. Some of you are bound by alcohol. You got home, but you're still drunk. You just didn't get caught. You drunk. Some of you drunk on legal drugs. Some of you, you, you you're drunk on your negativity. If it's anything negative, you're going to find it. And not only are you going to find it, you're going to gloat in it. I mean, you look for it. You, you look for it so much until you leave with everything but God. That's the downside of technology. You just punch one button and thousand folk can get the same message. Put it on YouTube. All this stuff. You got to be what, careful where you, what you say, where you go, what you do, because somebody's watching and listening to you. And you're just negative. You promote it and you carry it because you're gossip. You're gossip. You're captive by gossip. You pass on stuff, talk about it. You're not a part of the solution. Matter of fact, when, when you, it gets to you, it worsens 50 degrees. And God is saying, I'm going to get you and I'm going to whip your rear end for sharing something you have no business being in. What is that to you? If you're not convicted to be a part of the solution and have integrity about the situation and be a blessing in it and be a peacemaker in it, then you need to just be prayerful, leave it alone, and don't diverge something that can hurt somebody else some kind of way. Be careful how you're digging a ditch because really you're digging your own. Some of you are bound by greed and your life is in spiritual regression because you're fighting over the dollar, pursuing the dollar, and you'll die before all the dollars are gained and somebody else is going to squabble over your dollars. Some of you are bound by pornography. You'd be surprised how pornography is sweeping the church. It's not just outside. It's in the church. It's in the homes. It's in the pulpits. It's in leadership. It's all over the place. Teachers. It's it's everywhere. Pornography. And it's so accessible now. It's so accessible with all the technology right in your hand. You can have a gadget that will give you hard core pornography. If your child don't have it and you say my child don't have all that stuff, some other child sitting next to him can punch the button and say, look at this. Just because they don't have it don't mean they can't have access to it. You better pray hard and you better teach hard. You better live hard because Satan not only wants wants to wipe you out, he wants to wipe out your child. Some of you have been too sexually immoral this year. You've been sleeping with somebody that's not your wife. Or your husband. Or perhaps you're not even married, but you're full of your sex. And God is saying, I'm going to get you. You better repent. You better run to the birth of Jesus Christ and cry for the mercy of Almighty God. You can't live your life any kind of way and add a dab of Jesus to it and think God's going to bless your mess. Some of you bound by hate. Some folk, white folk hate black folk. And some black folk hate white folk. And some folk hate their mama. Some hate their sister and their brother. Some folk hate, some folk hate uh, people, period. Don't want to be with nobody. 
You just mad at me. Like that old special, you're too mean to live and not fit to die. Now you know you're in bad shape. When you're too mean to live and not fit to die. Why you, listen, when you hate, you, you, you sink yourself so low that you got to reach up and can't even touch the bottom. Why are you self-inflicting yourself with those kinds of wounds? Why are you doing that kind of damage to yourself and be content in doing it? Some of you are bound by stinginess. It's all about what you can get. You don't think about giving nobody anything. You're always looking for freebies. It's like an entitlement mentality. You owe me. You deserve you, you, don't nobody owe you nothing. That's right. These kids got it. You owe me. You sure don't owe me. And then, uh, even if, listen, there are people who came up in some atrocious circumstances, ghetto type situations, came up, didn't know who their parents were. Maybe dad was locked up, mama, who knows where. And yet they came out to, they, they succeeded against the odds and did great things like Helen Keller and all these folk we can talk about. And yet you throwing yourself a pity party. Let me tell you something. Nobody can stop you but you. You stop talking about, well, because I'm black. Get over that. Huh? Now, I'm not a fool. I'm not saying racism is not still here. I'm no fool. I know it's still here. But let me tell you something. You can do whatever you want to do if you put God first and you get off your rear end and do some hard work to the glory of God. I'm sorry, but I don't feel sorry for lazy folk. <laughs> Sit up on government, have more babies, and healthy as an ox. Get up and go to work. <laughs> now, those persons who are really in need and really have justifiable, unique needs, I'm not talking about them. But I'm talking about, you're talking about taxes going up. Yeah, some taxes going up because of laziness and apathy. And folk wanting something for nothing. I'm tired of it. My wife and I work hard. Jesus said you ought to work hard. Work, a healthy work ethic, ethic is good. It's healthy. It's wholesome. I'm not at myself if I'm not. I got to work. I've been working since I can remember. And I, and I enjoy work. I, be, I think you ought to enjoy your work. I don't care. If you're doing something, I don't care if it's making a whole lot of money. If you don't enjoy it, you ought to leave it. I mean, have something to go to now. (laughs) 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 But start making your preparation and don't make announcements on what you're going to do. You know, more folk you tell, that becomes ammunition against you. When they find out you, I'm going to leave. And you know what? They start planning your leaving. You don't owe everybody an announcement. Do quiet. Handle your business quietly and stop telling everybody what you plan to do. You might be telling the devil. Let me go on from there. Stingy folk. Too stingy to invest in themselves spiritually. Been in Sunday school, uh, in this book, Bible Doctrine, uh, almost a year now, and haven't bought your book yet. But you go to college and buy a $150 book, five of them, and don't even think about it. Huh? Huh? Too cheap to invest in, the, in yourself in the well. 
Too cheap to grow yourself up. Huh? I always say, what you going to do for me? No, what you going to do for God? And finally, folk are bound, bound by their circumstances. And let me tell you something. I know many of you are in terrible circumstances, but Paul in the Philippian jail said rejoice. And again, I say rejoice. Paul and Silas in that jail, one song and one began to pray. And all of a sudden the jailhouse rocked. Let me tell you something. Even if your circumstances are not so ideal, perhaps you made a mess of your debt and all of these things or your family issues or health issues and all of that. Don't let that be so all consuming that you miss the Christ of Christmas. And you'll not experience the joy and freedom in Christ until you receive Christ and surrender your life to him. Once you receive Christ and surrender to the Christ you receive, God can break open the bondage and the captivity and set you free. The best gift you can receive this Christmas as I conclude this message is the gift of freedom. Is the gift of freedom. Jesus came to set captive folk And all God's children said. As committed children of the only true and living God, we walk by faith and not by sight. Life on earth is not easy. Yet, even in the midst of trials and tribulations, we have joy, hope, peace, strength, and God's blessed assurance as we face trials. Best yet, we look forward to hearing our Savior say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. And eternal life with our Lord and Savior. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church, located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, or call us at 210-821-5683. If you would like to make a special donation to support the radio ministry of Maranatha Bible Church, please visit our website at maranathasa.org. Select the Give option and choose the radio broadcast support fund. Thank you very much for your generosity. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.